Welcome, Pathfinders, to our after party. I think this is 11. Yes. 11. My name is Heather, and I'll be your host this time. I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? So Canadian. Well, because I've never done this before, so I'm scared a little bit, maybe. I don't know. None of us had, and we did fine. You all think it's so easy. (laughs) Yes. So this in this after party, we will be discussing episodes, what, 31, 32, and 33? You tell me. I'm in charge. Those are the episodes we're talking about, even if they're the wrong ones. (laughs) I've teach you a little gavel so you can make make judgments. So, let's see. Episode 31. Does everybody remember what happened in episode 31? No. Not a clue. Oh my god, you guys. They're they're all awful. It's the one where we all reconvened after going our separate ways. I was going to say, I don't know them by names. I just know by what pl- what the plot was. It was about 40 minutes of Sagira trying to figure out what the heck was going on with her backstory. Yeah, remember, like, Oh, yeah, Sagira and, I, and, and I was all figuring out that Sagira had stolen uh, yeah, from Falto and being very grumpy with her about Falto that. Falto had no pants. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The one detail we all remember. No, so we figured out that... Uh, Sagira's mother is being hunted down by a crazy, powerful spellcaster yeah, being cast yeah. the soul. Assuming that's what he did, we still don't really know. Did he cast trap the soul? Is that a question that Rick will answer? Probably I guarantee not. you he won't answer that. And then Sudi also told us about the encounter with his ex-gang. Yeah, the faded, yo. And I think that was new information for Onuris and Citra. I don't think we knew that you were um, I had gang. mentioned I was in a gang, but I hadn't said what gang or anything yeah. about them. So Onuris yeah, this was gives new. you a disapproving look. <laughs> that was then. This is now. <laughs> don't look at me with those eyes. They're all glowy and horacy. <laughs> and Judgy McJudgerson over here. Oh, yeah, and Falto and Citra went on their date in that episode, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah and we had a fun mantra that ended with Sudi stalking behind them not successfully. Ma- mantra, not montage? Montage! <laughs> He's a monk, so is a mantra. <laughs> My, Sudi's just going the whole time, just going, oh, it's somebody attack them, somebody attack them so I can justify being here, somebody attack them, somebody attack them, somebody attack them, somebody attack them so I can be- I think it's real weird here. that y'all decided Sudi had to follow them, because Onuris was like, they're adults, they're fine. Or Segura wanted to follow them, because I wanted to see how my, like, tampering went, and it was pretty funny. But she would have been... only 19. That's it? <laughs> 15? Is it 15 in Galarian? You're an adult? I mean, yeah, minimum character starting age for a human for a simple class, such as a fighter or rogue, is 15. Yeah, so you're an adult. You've been an adult for four whole years. Adults can still be murdered. <laughs> True. My mom was an adult and she was murdered. Did your mom maybe. have class levels? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She, I don't know anything about her. Apparently she was also like hiding her identity from me. <laughs> Apparently she was royalty and she never told us. <laughs> Do we have any questions about that episode that Rick may be able to answer? Because what I want to know is if this guy really cast trapped the soul, but he's not going to tell me that. Yeah, these are the only questions I have. <laughs> yeah. Onuris was not there to make a spellcraft check. Or was he? Dun, no, dun, dun. I just run that off screen. <laughs> no, I think the yeah. night she was killed, I was running around high on, uh, not high, but sick on. You, you were high on the. High the, on life. <laughs> the, well, the, the curse from uh, the House The Plague Pantera. of Madness. Yeah. Yeah, Plague of Madness. Mm. So. Aren't you still like you're still wearing the haunted ring, aren't you? I am. Yeah. It is my ring of protection. It makes me feel. I happy. have a feeling that's going to go <laughs> south at the most inopportune time ever. Mm, we'll see. Or maybe it'll just be super beneficial. We'll get like a ghost friend. It'll be like Casper the friendly ghost. Are ghosts ever friendly in Pathfinder Land? I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What if we run into a friendly Curse. ghost? Oh, that's right. So yeah, many, he was so like. There spoilers. are several ghosts in that that are pretty chill. There's also really terrible ones. There were the ghosts. 
Well, I don't want to give away spoilers, though, so never mind. Anyway, there have been friendly ghosts. Yeah, there are definitely friendly ghosts. Yeah, usually they... Being a ghost does not necessarily... I know, but usually they try to... I'm used to ghosts trying to murder us. (laughs) Well, because usually you have to be, like, unwilling to move on, and that seems to have some internal conflict that usually means you're conflicted and evil. And then you're stuck for so long you become a revenant of yourself. You know what I find, actually, a lot of times when they include ghosts in games, especially good line ghosts, it's paladins. Hmm. They're unable to move on because they can't successfully complete their mission. Uh, and then they become some ho- so hung up on that that they remain behind, despite the fact that it makes them undead. Sad. Does doesn't being an undead like mean you can't go on to your final resting? Yeah. 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 So, so it's really know, sad. Because you can, you, it doesn't just have to be negative emotions. It can also just be something along the lines of there was a great injustice done or even done to you, and you can't move on until it's resolved. The whole rejuvenate thing. If Sagira dies, she will come back as a ghost and kill everyone. Really? My ghost will be both vengeful and retain all my spellcasting. She doesn't have any spellcasting. <laughs> Just my <laughs> levels, <laughs> not my spellcasting. <laughs> I will also say interesting pertaining towards episode 31 is the amount of things that the party didn't discuss. Like, Onuris discussed nothing about his backstory. He never talked about Citra his backstory. shared anyway. nothing pertaining towards her Onuris didn't have anything regarding his backstory that needed to be discussed with the party, because that was a conversation between him and Tetmanib, and yeah. Citra didn't overhear it, so there was no one to be like, what were you guys talking about? So Yeah, but Onuris wouldn't give it up even if we Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, he's so mysterious. <laughs> Sudi threw out his stuff. Only because it's pertinent. Jessica really didn't delve into much, what, much of what was in the letter. It was all about nope. the, the guy. So. The guy seems the more immediate threat. It does kind of portray the fact that this party, while they are a party and they're becoming friends, they still have known each other for less than a week. I mean, I've known Citra for longer than that, and we talked about her backstory a little bit when yeah. it was just the two of our characters. But I've also known Sudi. I've known Sudi for a while, too. But Sagira is the one I've only known for four days, and she hasn't made the best impression with on yours. <laughs> but Sagira would believe you if you said you had died and come back from the dead as some weird spirit, because she thinks that mummy rots turns you into a mummy, so what the... <laughs> What? Anything else. It could be anything. <laughs> um, but then episode 32, we went to the auction. Yes. And the riots are starting to quiet down because all the adventurers are jumping town because they or, finished their lottery. Or dying. Or dying. Or dying. But hey, the auction went pretty well because Citra and I talked up that little weird noble guy. Oh, he was so cute. And we're going to go to a house that rager. Guy's, he's going to uh, go Is out. there still going to be a house rager, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if like, there is, we'll go. I have questions about that. It's Since a monster when is it mesh. called a house rager? Uh, that's what I called it. <laughs> it's no. a rager at a house, but not a frat house. Can we just stop and say that Rick said monster mash? And that was hilarious. <laughs> and none of you guys noticed. I didn't hear it. Mesh. I hope it's not a monster mash. Well, now, it, well now, it's, now it's a monster mash because we're mashing monsters into paste. Yeah, so <laughs> like, currently, this is the monster mash. Like, a yeah, monster mash. Episode, it's also an old lady well, mash. Onuris wouldn't really be welcome to that party anyway. The Akinti and the Mafray. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, like right. well, okay. Except for probably like their youngest son and youngest daughter who secretly lovers. My oh. little sister would not do that. <laughs> but he's that so you know cool. <laughs> he has adventuring gear for his, quote, friends now. It's true. You're not there. Who knows what's happening? <laughs> it's true. This is Osirian equivalency of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> <laughs> My buddies. Oh, man. Oh, but they didn't get a good turnout. Yeah, they are dead. Maybe. There is. <laughs> There's a book. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. <laughs> yeah, but that play, is, uh, that play is not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're dead. I loved that. There's that some play. barrels involved. It was so good. We read that after we read Hamlet. My That's a great play. Yeah. Tom Stoppard did a good job. It was good. I we can discuss it. literature now. <laughs> Tom Stoppard is a modern poet. He's British. He writes a lot of plays that are in that style. And Jordan suddenly has nothing to say on this because I'm like, I'm not educated enough in the English <laughs> I just, language. I just always remember Robin Williams' portrayal of 
them in the mm. Hamlet movie, and I was like, I need a full-length movie with Robin Williams doing this. <laughs> they did one with someone. <laughs> they I, did. I want to say, like, Gary Oldman, but that might be wrong. To be oh. fair, Gary Oldman can be, like, both characters at once and get away with <laughs> yeah. because he has range for days. It's true. Anyway. So that episode was the auction where they talked up the little noble boy, and we talked up the fat half-elf, whose name I don't remember. He sold coffee. Basif. Yeah. And all of our lots got sold, and then there was the creepy wave of energy, and Onuris' soul vacated his body Briefly. for a few seconds. I think that was because people died. Is that why? You haven't had a chance to talk with them, although from what you can understand, that seems to be probable. Uh, mm-hmm. At the very least, the only people that seem to have been affected were Onuris, as well as affluent members of the local community. So people rich enough for a raise day. Yeah, like two other people that would be the only people capable of affording. I actually saw a thing, a little bit of a side tangent, but that the the average commoner makes about 250 gold a year. Let me rephrase that. Not the average commoner. The average craftsman Mm. makes about 250 gold a year. So at that point, it would take you 20 years to afford the material components. And that's not even, and that's not even to pay the spellcaster to cast it. Yeah, that's that's just for the diamonds necessary to get a raised dead cast. That and that's assuming you have die. no cost whatsoever. Yeah, and it's funny because you know in our other game we just chunked all this gold to get one of the other characters raised yeah. and moved on with our lives it, like nothing strange just I happened. S- I sometimes wonder if that should should be kind of factored into the the relationship between the nobility and the commoners because not only are the nobility so far above you and they've got all the nicer stuff and everything else they can also literally cheat death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, how many of them do you think have just like they've got their like treasury and they've got like some gold coins and nice chalices and then just a pile of diamond dust for just that such an occasion? Probably yeah. a fair few. Although, I would also state that most noble houses, 5,000 gold would bankrupt temporarily many noble houses. That's probably what a noble... That would basically be giving up their GDP for a year. So this is like the one percenters. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you have to think that it's, oh, okay, well, the... The seventy-year-old patron of our house, or whatever, fell down some stairs and died. And it's like, well, no, they can just stay dead. He's probably only going to have another like 10, 15 years left in him. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's the you know twenty-year-old heir that who, died in a yeah, hunting accident. The, yeah, and, and is the only member, of, you know, the only heir to the <laughs> throne. Taking it whatever, a step you know. further, you have to wonder how did the second or third-born sons feel? And it's like they would definitely raise the first-born son. Yeah, but for, for but the second or third-born, no. and you know that that was always like the the evil plot to like become the heir by killing the firstborn, and then they just raise him, and you're like. Dang it! Well, and they definitely can't uh, do resurrection, so killing them with death effect magic or something like that would guarantee that no one can afford or ki- that. Or killing them in a way that they, you couldn't get the body back, like yeah. chunking them over, overboard at sea or I something. Mean, they'd also probably just be like, we have a spare son, that's fine. It's when you get down to being the last son. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, when you get the race dead. They definitely get raised. So yeah, yeah Onuris had a whole uh, out-of-soul out of body, out of soul experience. Yeah, that was that um, was real weird. And then I was the only one who noticed the zombies about to murder us all, but I was too like, oh god, my soul, to like warn anyone. Yeah, <laughs> we actually we had a had someone write in. They really liked the small touch to it with on yours. Mm. It wasn't the Western or the Christian mentality of it. It was the Egyptian mentality mm. because his mind was still in his body. Like yeah. he was still vaguely aware. Mm-hmm. He was still swirling, but you saw that flicker go off. That was his call. Was his vital mm-hmm. spark. So his Ba and his ib are still intact, but his call has disjointed. That's bad times. Not a good omen for that mask. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> then episode 33, it's the zombies rush the auction house. We save people. We killed zombies. And now there's a mummy. Because those dang Americans. Americans. Andorans for 
the equivalent. <laughs> Those Andorans. They brought the dang mummy out here so they can and, definitely and, well, be well, in their, oh, uh, their quote-unquote unused sarcophagus. Didn't we in the episode with Onuris saying, they're going to be arrested? Yes, Onuris <laughs> is going to report them to Onuris the church. Onuris is really into talking about arresting people. <laughs> well, I mean, they did technically violate the precepts. I know, of yes. the, but he uh, always go to, first words out of his mouth, arrested like <laughs> you're going to jail son he's very lawful and he's very he does not like this whole these people are defi- have defiled <laughs> this poor woman's tomb they dragged her all the way out of her tomb from the necropolis in her sarcophagus told people it was unused and sold her dead body at auction no it's terrible but <laughs> yeah. like Sagira's reaction is I'm gonna kill those guys or at least hurt them but your reaction is the law will handle this correctly well the, they'll get arrested and then they'll die in a lawful way. It's like a faith in the law <laughs> thing that's different. Like, Onuris has faith that the law will be carried out justly, and Sigura does not. I like that Sudi is the only one who has the priority of, maybe I should kill the mummy first and then worry about justice I'm going to kill the mummy, yeah. Citra's completely unaware because she's dragging two bodies back in the... Citra's <laughs> about to have a bad time. Hey, because we're going to be like, hey, a mummy, and you're going to be like... And we did Probably. save all those people. We saved the the dowager and her granddaughter. We uh, saved the... Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. I don't think we've had any fatalities in the auction house. You have not. And uh, this was brought up during the episode. I don't have a problem pulling back the veil on mm-hmm. this point. You would have been very well aware if you felt. Oh. Because they're going to get right they back up. Right because remember, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Those, <laughs> those corpses outside are real fresh. Right. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. didn't you say something about people with real fresh wounds getting up again when yeah. Citra was looking yeah. outside? So it's one of those people that these zombies are killing or just getting up and... So oh. it's, a, it's a true zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like the book's called Empty Graves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, credits. I made that Thanks, joke that there was going to be, you know, undead everywhere in this book because it's called Empty Graves. You just can't keep graves. them dead. It's like playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> Now, I, I will say, just from a GM standpoint here, I've been looking forward to this event because I love rolling encounters. I love encounters where new enemies are constantly arriving, the situation is changing, there's lots of things where it's like, okay, the people just inside of the door, we have to save them, now we have to take care of the zombies, now we've got to get back outside, now we've got to unbury these people, now we've got to fight off these hands. I hope we're all cool with as soon as we're done with this mummy, we're going to the Temple of Bastet, because I have to make sure everyone's okay. Onyaris has to stop and have an awkward conversation with his mother, who's been here for all of this. I don't have time for this, I have to make sure my ladies are okay. (laughs) Where is Falto? He's ran outside. Yeah, he's outside fighting the zombies outside oh. right I think now. I yelled at him briefly, go to the whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like Falto. And his cleric Amina. friend. Yeah. Amina, as well as. Yeah, uh, on, on yours doesn't like her, but anyway. She's fine. She's very nice. She's a cleric of Serenre. Get the F out of my country. Well, I don't like Serenre <laughs> as much as you don't, but Mar- she's very nice. Marin and his cousins are also out there. Yay, Marin. And his dogs. They formed up into like the, the cavalry line out there <laughs> and lower their lances and are just charging on dogs. I love everything. Oh my gosh, it. it's like Sir Didymus. Oh, yeah. yay. It's like Sir Didymus, but if he brought five of his cousins with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now in my That's head. It's a labyrinth 90s reference. Now in my head, they're all, they're all riding sheepdogs, but. <laughs> That's fine. But to, uh, to piggyback off of what Rick said, uh, I also, as a player, really like rolling encounters because it really gives a sense of urgency and like kind of brings it alive. Because uh-huh. sometimes we just go in and we're doing like a dungeon crawl, and it's like you go into a room, you kill everybody, you stop, you rest, you search for everything, and then you go into the next room. And there's no like sense of urgency that's really pushing you. So a lot of times, you know, you get like some kind of a plot hooker or something. But when there's literally things like coming out of the woodworks to attack you, and you've got all these people to things, and like you're kind of juggling a lot of different priorities, it really makes it feel like a really alive situation. So. 
uh, hats off Crystal Frazier because uh, so far I've really liked this. Yeah. That was Except for the mummy, that's fun. not going to be fun. I'll actually go ahead and tease something here that's going to be introduced yeah. probably in the next episode. It's going to be nothing but one giant encounter. Um, <laughs> this whole book. Because this is also something I know people will debate this back and forth. I appreciate when Paizo brings in some of their some of their sub mechanics. Some of the sub mechanics work better than others. The kingdom building mechanic once they reinvented it worked great. I wasn't a huge fan of the kingdom building mechanic in Kingmaker, but once they redid it and then you could introduce it, it worked a lot better. Crystal Fraser brings in a panic level hmm. for the city. Oh, so yeah. effectively, this entire That's book cool. starting here, as you're somewhat already aware, with just this horde situation, is kind of on a time limit. Nice. Um, everything is just going to crap, which it has been for a while. Yep, yep, yep. And that goes back to the like making the world feel alive thing, like having time limits, and especially when there's like citywide craziness going on, is a really good motivator for us to kind of not be cautious and kind of take risks that we wouldn't normally take in just a normal adventuring day, you know? Well, there's been several of the adventure paths where we found out, like in the last book, that we've been on a timer since day one. Oh, yeah, and yeah. you just you know? didn't know yeah. that you were on a timer. Yeah. yeah. It benefits from we don't, like, okay, we had one encounter, now we rest. We don't do that. That's yeah. not how we yeah. roll. Yeah, but like I said, there's some APs where you don't know, but you've been on a timer this whole time, and now you're in the last book, and, oh, you did rest after every encounter, and it's taken you twice as long to get here. You're things are in twice big as bad. trouble. Yeah, things are twice as bad as you thought <laughs> And were. actually, he's fully back from the dead. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I remember uh, first adventure plot. The first adventure path that Jess, Jordan, and I played together um, when we had to go into like this alternate world or whatever, and he was like, yeah, so just start from day one, and we were like, okay, and so I'm just keeping track of it, and it wasn't until we got out of there that we realized, oh, if we had taken like an extra week, everything would have gone to hell. You guys got down (laughs) to the wire in that adventure path, and there are a lot of them where... The other one that springs to mind is um, Curse of the Crimson Throne. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It's one of those weird things that after playing through a couple adventure paths where there's been a time limit, that even ones when we're not on a time limit or I'm not aware that we're on a time limit, I'm like, guys, we can't really waste all this time. It we gets real to- dicey when you start like... <laughs> upgrading armor and you're like oh 17 days oh yeah. so long well that's why it's it's almost like it messes with your brain when you are in an adventure path and it's like okay there's a year of downtime and we're like well a year a year what's going on in that year like <laughs> like you know and it it, it kind of makes you freak out a little bit but that's almost a good thing like it shows that you're invested in the game yeah, <laughs> yeah and i think honestly now that i'm thinking back of it the ones like the adventure paths that i've enjoyed the most have all had time limits of some type. Yeah. I, I feel the ones like that where I just can just like we can just take as much time as we want haven't been as impactful yeah. on me as a player. But most of the time you don't even know. Like yeah. one of those adventure paths, it wasn't until almost towards the end of the last book that you realized, oh crap, this has been on a timer since day one of book one, yeah. you know? Yeah. Where it's like alternatively, I won't name the ind- individual ind- adventure path, although anyone that plays it would probably be aware of it. And you guys are aware of it because you're playing in it right now. You don't really discover it until book two, but almost the entirety of the adventure path is an extended chase. Oh, where, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. There's this other guy and it's like, God, he's got this head start on us. And then you're trying to like, okay, we're trying to resolve everything here because we need to keep chasing him. We need to keep chasing him. We got to get to the next place, figure out where he's gone. We got to keep chasing him. Yeah. And then that gets really hard because it's like, God, oh, we're catching up. We can't afford to stop at all for anything yeah. ever. We can't afford to stop to rest. We can't afford to stop to make gear. And then <laughs> random shenanigans happen and we have to stop and you're just like, why? Well, I guess and, we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and then every day that you're there, you're just like, he's getting further away. 
And he doesn't even know it. Yeah, mm. he doesn't even know we're chasing him. So it kind of makes me think of just the uh, the opening part for, uh, in the movies, it was actually not the opening part in the books for the two towers. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. The orcs are running and then it's just like, very taking the hobbits to Isengard. What do your elf I see? <laughs> so, yes, episode 34 will open with us fighting a mummy. Woohoo! It's true. Honduras is so upset about this. Yeah, this is, this is not it's a good time. It's freeze. <laughs> Hopefully not, but... Uh, I mean, yeah. at least you're furthest away, so, you know, you have that going for you, which is nice. Sierra's always excited to stab undead. <laughs> yeah, I only have one channel left, though. Episode, episode 34, the one where we all get mummy rot. Oh, God. I was very well aware of Onurus... Uh, Channeling the bejesus out of it. Channel, 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 yeah, channel. Just, I was like, God, this fight is actually... It's going pretty easy because Onurus is just pounding yeah, away these but... channels. And then I think it was the moment that you, like, stepped outside and went, Oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, wait, this whole city is like I'm going to conserve this last one. It's precious to me. (laughs) I do have a spell I can use on the mummy. So, I mean... Also, I don't think I've ever actually said this. I love the channel mechanic much as I love in any adventure path that has a lot of undead. I love any time that you have a a mechanic or a resource where you have to decide whether or not to use it offensively or defensively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, on yours could wipe the floor with all of these hands. And it is a lot of healing that we might need later. Yeah. And it's always that thing when you're playing a a healer or any kind of other support thing where you're always going to keep one in in reserve just in case things go really sideways. I know when I play a caster of any type, I never use all my spells. Yeah. Ever. I'll always keep one because the big bad could be just around the corner. Although right now, if I was on yours, I'd be like, that's probably a big enough we, bad. I haven't used yeah. any of my spells yet. I've yeah. just used up almost all my channels. So I, I have some spells. And we call that adventurer's paranoia. Yes. We always <laughs> assume there is something bigger right around the corner. And on yours tends to be a, uh, he's more of a, a warrior priest than the healing kind of priest. He's most of his stuff he's using offensively anyway. I think his intention from the beginning with using his channels was to use them offensively with his domain choice and everything. Yes. So, but if he runs out, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be willing to use it to help the group. But I think if he runs around the corner and runs into 20 zombies within 30 feet of him, he's like, nope, I'm not missing this chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Channel. <laughs> so those are the episodes, um, I guess. Yes. Uh, well, we do have an email that we were running to get to. Our after parties, I know our after parties have been running a little bit longer than usual. And so we're going to be doing our one email for this week. And also we had a suggestion from uh, Twitter. We'll get to that here in a minute. For a fun little uh, side project we can do over the next couple of uh, adventure path or adventure paths. after parties. A couple of adventure. <laughs> I, I have actually just to throw this out there real quick before we do that email. Thank you to everyone who has written into us over the past couple of weeks about our last after party. We did not mean that to imply that we are planning to start a second adventure path. Although we are very thankful that all of you are super excited for us to do uh, War for the Crown or Tyrant's Grasp. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're not against it. Like we would it's love just, to. It's just yes. right now doing a second adventure path is not really feasible. But well, we would like to. <laughs> yes. Yes, and Before, you know, and then we will do an adventure path after Mummy's Mask, of course. Yeah. So as long Before, as y'all continue liking us, we'll keep listening. this going. Yeah. So yeah, keep writing in, keep liking us, keep giving us. Uh, reviews on iTunes. Oh, that was a shameless plug. Yeah, it really was. (laughs) But he's right. The reviews do help. That's Uh, how people find us. It is is true. true. No, it is something that we would eventually like to do. For the time being, we are 100% narrowed in and focused on Mummy's Mask delivering the, the best quality for that we can for this. And with each passing episode, with each passing week, we have improved 
how we have done this. And so eventually we'd like to get to the point where we've reached reached our pinnacle, just kind of stay there and then see if we can't push ourselves further by investing in a second adventure path at that point. Sure. Uh, but for the time being, we don't want to split the focus on Mummy's Mask. The one email we do have for this after party is from Heidi, who, from, who if everyone remembers, she's from Karamaga. She wrote Hi, it last Heidi. time. Yeah. She, um, response she lives us. above the troll. With yeah. The <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she wrote a, a letter or email in back after our response from our last after party. Yes. So yeah, thank you for uh, yeah. responding. We had a really good exchange. So. And uh, I, I believe in reference to what adventure paths we might run, she says, as her recommendations, I don't know which one I suggest most, as I'm sure you do a great job with any. Oh, thank you. Oh, so we sweet. would. And I only have experience <laughs> with two of them. I'd be interested to hear how you would GM Reign of Winter, as that's the main one I've been uh. running, and I feel like I could compare what I've done to what you would do as a learning experience. The ones I'm most interested in playing, which is unlikely given my friend group and their unreliability, all oh, that sad. Aww. Aww. Poor Heidi, <laughs> you need a new group. Our Shattered Star, Iron Gods, and Kingmaker. I'm also trying to run Carry and Crown for Halloween, and mm. I think you guys would do a fantastic job with that. We do. We, we actually we are, we are playing that one <laughs> right now. We are playing Carry and Crown Just right now. Our friend... Not- one of our friends is yeah, running not it, on air. And it is glorious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just uh, we don't usually mention other podcasts on our podcast, but I do want to give a quick shout out to the Hideous Laughter podcast. Yeah, they're who doing, are doing Carrie yeah. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a good one. They are some great people. I've gotten a chance to chat with their GM and a couple of their players, and definitely uh. check them out. Yeah, shout out to our friends over there. So but you guys are doing great work. Carrie Crown is a really good AP. I, I'm loving it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been great. we just started book five last night, even though I wrote on Twitter book four because apparently I'm dumb. I corrected you quickly, though. <laughs> so, I didn't even know what book we were in, so yeah, kudos we just started you. book five. Well, I keep the Third. timeline, so I have to write that crap down. Carrying, Carrying Crown is a great adventure path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually enjoyed all the adventure paths that they've had set in Ustalov, So Yeah, Ustalov's fun. Ustalov's one of my favorite places in Galarian. All right, and then Heidi goes on, given that I'm relatively new to GMing and have issues with player attendance, would you recommend using the fast track XP to make the sessions we have now more meaningful? If so, how do you decide what what count encounters are redundant? It's a little bit more of a GM question, but I will, before I answer that, throw that back on all of you. Do First off, I'm assuming as players that you probably all like the fast track experience because yes. it's yes. closer yeah. to level ups mm-hmm. faster. So We it like is, high level play. Yes, yeah. It is always that thing where if you're giving something nice to your players, it's hard to eventually take that away. Right from our cold dead hands. <laughs> and I also feel like it's like she, like she kind of like she implied that if you have scheduling issues and you don't get together as much, yeah. being able to cut out the random encounters that are really just there for XP is if you're on the fast track, you can do that. So the sessions you do have are more meaningful as far as story the, goes. The one time I can actually see going for a slower track experience, funny enough, is Pathfinder Society. Because some people like to play, there's a slower track option where instead of leveling up every, that you level up slower than every three adventures hmm. so that you get to keep playing the same character. So if, you, if you're not interested in, oh, I'm going to have to retire this character after 30-something Pathfinder Society scenarios, I would much rather play 60-something Pathfinder Society scenarios. I can definitely see it there if you want to stick with the same character and not have to worry about making a new one. But for the adventure paths, I highly suggest the fast track experience. Mostly because it does let you cut out, as was stated there, redundant encounters. So, for instance... I'm sure there's ones we've skipped in the first Yeah, I've skipped a couple of encounters in the first Book of Mummy's Mask. You might all remember back to the Tomb of Akintepe, Mm -hmm. where you fought uh, camel spiders, Mm -hmm. which are horrifying real-world things, although these are blown up to... One of them almost killed on yours. Yeah, it it Mm -hmm. messed you guys up. 
and you finished up with there. Mm -hmm. There was actually a second encounter with them, but this one was in the House of Panthera. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you go in through the kitchen, there's supposed to be an encounter with camel spiders there. And I remember like looking at it and just going, I don't really want to interrupt the creepy undead flow of the House of Panthera Mm -hmm. by including this in. Like there are some zombie encounters in uh, the Sanctum of the Rudaidae that I went, you know what? I've I've looked forward into book two, and I know what the party's going to have to deal with, even just in the opening to book two. Hey, zombies, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really need a zombie encounter here. So it lets me cut out a lot of that stuff. And for those of you listening at home, it lets me cut out encounters that you would have and just go, okay, well, this is great. I'm still listening to my podcast. I'm still enjoying the podcast. But it's also putting you another week behind getting to the plot, another week behind finding new revelations or character growing moments that you could be having. We're always on the fast track on our APs anyway, like even the ones we don't record, just like Rick said, because even though we're not recording some of those, it's one of those, oh, we just spent 45 minutes fighting this encounter when we could have, if we were on the fast track, we could have skipped it and got to more story stuff. Yeah. In answer to Heidi's original question, if your group gets together less regularly, I highly suggest it because it means that the odds of them having a level up go up and all players love leveling up your character. Yeah. So getting new powers and getting fun new things to play around with. Just remember to make sure if you do cut an encounter, make sure to keep the treasure. Make the treasure available somewhere else because if you cut out that encounter and all of their gear and all the rest of that stuff, if they had any gear, they'd be ahead on their experience or where you want them to be on their experience, but they won't have the treasure value that they should for that level. Yeah. yeah, I think they actually talk about that in the Game Mastery yeah. Guidebook that there's, I think they have a section where it talks about planning encounters and how much treasure and everything. So you could take a look at that section of that book. Yeah. And then in the last part of her email, Heidi says, I loved your most re- recent adventure party and listening to you talk about the Pathfinder lore got me wondering, would you ever consider doing a lore show where you delve deep into the lore from Pathfinder? I know I'd listen. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, fun. I have actually considered doing some stuff like that. And I do have some new projects in the works right now. I will say that uh, expect to see something new from us here soon. I like new things. So. New things are fun. So thank you for writing into us again, Heidi, from yes, Karamaga. I hope your downstairs troll neighbor is not causing you too much trouble <laughs> with their gut fortune telling. <laughs> Never ask them to read your fortune. Yes. Never. So messy. Anywho. So a long time ago in a after party, many moons ago, we cast uh, Nathan Fillion as the god's name just escaped me. Caden 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 and I like to remember Nathan Fillion, but not Caden Kaylin. Because Nathan Fillion's <laughs> awesome. So is Caden. Caden fun. And one of our followers on Twitter, Joe Bot, was like, hey, you guys should keep casting the gods. So I guess that's a thing we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. We're going to make this into kind of a... A regular segment. fun thing. People, actually not just Jobot, but other people wrote in and said that they found the whole discussion amusing. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to, to do some just kind of banter back and forth. Uh, are we we'll dice post rolling? This up. Yes. If you are not follow, you should actually check out our subreddit. Our subreddit has a thread dedicated to each one of our episodes and after party episodes. R slash find the path. So I would love it if you'd go on there and maybe give us your own suggestions for what you would cast these deities as. And if they are better than ours, uh, we will read them back out afterwards. (laughs) We're mostly relying on Rachel's encyclopedic knowledge of all things actors and actress related. Hey, I have a feeling No, but let's be honest. You usually are like, that movie with the thing and the thing and the thing, and then I'm the one who tells you. (laughs) That one guy. 
<laughs> All right. All right. So Heather, choose uh, two of your fellow players. Yeah, there, there is a reason. All right. To, let's oh. uh, let's do Jordan and Rachel, so we get a high roll and a low roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a middle roll. That's funny. This will be All the time right. I get a twenty. All right. Here we go. So let's let's start with Jordan. Uh, true to form, I got an eighteen. <laughs> eighteen. All right. Wow. This is gonna be a fun one. Who would you cast for Norgaber? Oh gosh. I will point out as a side note that uh, Norgaber is described as a cloak with the individual inside of it actually being invisible. So it's almost more who is the voice of Nor- Norgaber coming from inside <gasps> of the giant cloak. Oh, I know who it is. Oh, I, I know who I would pick. All right. Oh, um, I'm ready. All right. Oh. Now I have to think of a really cool like. <laughs> oh, I got this. I got I this one. It's amazing. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. This is also a good opportunity for those of you who listen but don't necessarily play Pathfinder or play in your own homebrews to learn a little bit about the gods of the Galarian Pantheons. Norgaber is the Reaper of Reputation. He is the god of greed, murder, poison, and secrets. He's a pretty cool, dude. Yep. Norgaber. I was thinking about maybe Benedict Cumberbatch just because he did some really cool stuff when he was smog and he smog. can do some really cool voice stuff. And then also the British works in that too, you know? He's done some good voice work. Okay. Pretty decent. Cumberbatch is a solid option. Cumby. Cumby Batch. (laughs) Cumby Batch. (laughs) Well, Cumby was not right. Norgaber is oftentimes also portrayed as being exceptionally tall and kind of lengthy. There you go. So there we go. But again, if you were actually casting it, it would just be the voice Mm -hmm. because if this were a movie, he would be CGI. (laughs) It'd be mo-capped. It would be Andy Serkis again. Andy Serkis. <laughs> Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. motion capture for smog. It's Man, true. Andy Serkis is a great one. I wish I'd picked that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jess. I picked John Leguizamo because his voice is really distinctive <laughs> yeah. and he can do like creepy voices pretty well. I'm not familiar. Yeah, who is oh, that? You do oh, too. He plays the clown in the Spawn movie and we've been watching <laughs> a lot of since. Phil All right. John um, he was in Mario Brothers. We don't speak he, of that. Whatever. He was still in movies it. movies that are relevant and recent. Who was he in recent. Mario Brothers? He was Luigi. He's oh, Luigi okay. Yeah. All right. Luigi. Uh, All right. Tuwafu. He was in. Yes. Oh, okay, we're not going to go for my encyclopedia. No, because you're picking okay. weird movies. Because <laughs> they're funny. He was in Romeo and Juliet. He, he was. was. He, he, he played was the a... voice of the squirrel thing in Ice Age. Is that true? He was no, in he was John Wick. He was the sloth. Yes. Okay. He was in something called Chef. He was in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Oh, he was okay. Toulouse-Lautrec. Okay. He was Toulouse. All right. Okay. I, this works. I, I see this. We got an idea. John Leguizamo. Okay. That's a good choice. Because he can do that creepy, like, I always imagine if you're going to be a whispery evil guy, you might be like, like, you like do like evil whispers kind of noises. So that would be cool. I do love me some John Leguizamo. He is the god of secrets. So I picked somebody who's very good at being just kind of like quietly menacing. Uh, So I'm going to go with Josh Brolin. Oh. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what he's in, he was Thanos and uh, in Avengers <laughs> and Cable, Cable and Deadpool. For he's also in The stuff. Goonies. Oh my god! Oh my god! Rachel's always like, "Haven't you heard of this movie that was from really like thirty years like, ago?" No, she mentioned that. In the, 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 you mentioned him. And the first thing I thought of was that apparently he went to like an '80s themed Halloween party and he went as his character for The Goonies. Perfect. There's a picture of it. There's a picture of it on Twitter the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" And I love but, it. Yeah. Right. So Josh, Josh Brolin, Brolin has a a very, 
like distinctive voice. So what's so what is your choice? All right, Rachel. Hugo Weaving. Oh. oh, he does evil pretty good. He yeah. also yes does <laughs> and, evil very good. And actually, I think almost more impressively than that, looking at V for Vendetta. Yeah, yes. he, can, he can take a blank like face, face mask and actually give it personality. Uh, just yeah, like yeah he, he did a I, fantastic. I mean, mind you, of course, you have to applaud the, oh, the lighting good. crew and the director and everything for mm-hmm. that as well. And the but, writing, yeah, the writing yeah. was really good. Hugo in that. Weaving is Hugo Weaving. Hugo He's Weaving. He's had such a distinct voice. I now think I do that have, might be the best one. Actually. I do have a second one, but unfortunately, he is no longer with us. So this is just like a dream of mine. Orson Welles. No, yeah. Hugo Weaving. I, I could see Orson Welles, too. I like Hugo Weaving better, too. Okay. But. Hugo Weaving. See, my first thought was also someone who was no longer with us, which is Alan Rickman, because I he has an amazing yeah. voice work. He could have done, like... Super dark. Yes. Yeah. I could have seen that. All right. Now you've made Very me good. sad. I know. Rachel. Alan Rickman is a great actor. Our, so have we, have we decided Hugo Weaving? Yes, I, I think, think Hugo I, I think Hugo Weaving, Weaving was Hugo yeah. Weaving. Our All choice right. for an Orgaber is Hugo Weaving. By Hugo Weaving. So, so are you keeping see, a list so we have Nathan yeah. Fillion and Hugo Weaving? Eventually, we'll have our Pantheon cast. Someone should keep a list, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't recast I, them as fa- another. Fans, day. write it down. It's going to be on the next trivia. <laughs> 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 okay. All right, so, all right, Richie. Now all, suddenly, all I can think of is just Norgberg, just like Mister Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ah, uh, Keanu, I got to uh, cast him. He already is immortal. He's totally immortal. So, what did uh, what did uh, you roll, Rich? I got a seventeen because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is also going to be a really interesting and challenging one. Ergothoa. Oh, uh, I knew no. it was going to come up. We were talking about it. this, and I was I was so, thinking, oh man, Ergothoa. For our listeners out there, ooh, I have it. I have it too. I've got one. Give a rundown of Ergothoa real quick. She's goddess of undeath and gross. She's stuff. like half. Rotty horribleness. Yeah, but it's, so, it's not split down the middle. It's her like tummy. Hell it's like a from, mermaid, but the bottom part's yeah. horrible. So yeah, so Ergothoa is typically shown as being a, uh, a, a normal, like woman. dead, beautiful, but like dead looking like kind of woman. Like vampire-y, like yeah. Pale, she's got like black hair, yeah. and she's like very, very pale uh, from like the waist up. From the waist down, she is a skeleton, like a bloody skeleton, and then she carries a giant scythe. Yeah, usually it starts at her pel, like the, her pelvis is the first part that's bone, and then it goes down from there. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ergothoa is the pallid princess. She's the goddess of disease, gluttony, and undeath. Because she's also the goddess of living your life to excess before oh. death. Uh, I, oh. I actually, I know, I know, who I actually know who I would cast. I, think I, know I, ha- I have one. Let's uh, let's go with Heather. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kate Blanchett just because she did an amazing job oh. in Thor as Hell. And I love Kate Blanchett. Hella, she's really pretty, but she can pull off that like gothy look, and you know she can do the ethereal voice because she is Galadriel. I think she could do a pretty good job as Ergothoa. Yes. I, actually, I'll rely on Rachel to tell me the name for the actress, but she was the, the actress that played the assassin in the first Kingsman. Oh, with the legs. Oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, what the, was her name? Yeah, Sophia Butella. Ah. Interesting. So yeah, Sophia Butella would be my choice for it, just because uh, I like her as an actress, and she I feel like she looks the part. Anyway. Uma Thurman with black hair. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Interesting. She's pretty, but not in like a fancy way. But she's she like she has a classical beauty too, and she can like pull off all sorts of weird stuff. So she could definitely be a half skeleton lady. <laughs> I'm just thinking of how she looks like in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, just Pulp make Fiction that hair longer, yeah. and yeah. then there you go. Okay, I'm gonna pick a kind of out there one because I don't know why this one came to me. Cara Delevingne. Oh, um, oh, from uh, uh, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, so she was Enchantress in Suicide Squad. She was in Paper Towns and uh, lately the Valerian in the Valerian. City of a Thousand something something something. I don't remember. It was 
But uh, what I really like about her is she has very distinctive eyebrows yes, for some I reason. Call her that's eyebrows. Like, yeah, because like that's the thing I was like <laughs> I noticed about her is like she has very distinctive eyebrows, and I think that would really add something to uh, the kind of upper half of Urgothoa. Hmm. Have, like some very like her eyebrows need to be on. I, I know. I, like I said, it's a weird thing. eyebrows are on fleek. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's still something people. Say. I have no idea. I don't know. We, it's I either say what still, I say. It's either still relevant or we've become even older. Well, we are old, so there is that. But uh, yeah, that's an out there one. But I'm that's sticking out there, with it. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Rich. Well, my initial instinct was Helena Bonham Carter. Ooh. I but can't see that. I actually think Nicole Kidman, because she has that very, like, elegant, almost slightly evil resting She's face. She's also fragile looking. But I think that's what makes her more yeah. menacing. Yeah. I yeah. think that Ergothoa is fragile looking. Yeah. And so Nicole Kidman can she can turn on like evil real quick and it because she's an amazing actress I freaking love her. But how does oh, she yeah. look with black hair? I don't know if I've ever seen Nicole Kidman with black hair. I've seen her with red and blonde and dark brown. I don't yeah. know if I've ever actually seen her with black hair. But I mean, but... she's so she's so pale that the black hair would have that creep factor yeah. on true. her too. So. I think Nicole Kidman. It's interesting. I like all of these What's, choices. What is the consensus then? I like all of these choices. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. It's I kinda... want Nicole Kidman to be Calistria. Ooh, <laughs> she's very elvish. Hey, hey, stay on track. We're only casting one well, I'm person. just trying to figure out, like, am I going to want to use that actress again somewhere <laughs> else? It's going to be with Kate Blanchett that I'm just like... Kate Blanchett could be everyone. Yeah. Alternate <laughs> casting, Kate Blanchett is all of the deities. <laughs> Every single one. I mean, she did play Bob Dylan. She could be everyone. <laughs> anyway. I'm still voting for Cara Delevingne just because... I don't know if we're going to be consistent on this, because I, I really we, like Uma Thurman. We may have to I leave actually, it up to the audience. Well, we might have to go to a vote, because out of the choices we have, I kind of like Uma Thurman the best. Yeah, she has that weird... Like, she would love being that. Like, she's like a weird lady, and she would love being a weird lady. Okay. Like, now that you said Kalistra for Nicole Kidman, I'm down for Uma Thurman. <laughs> I, will, yeah. I will be the, uh, the tiebreaker and say Uma Thurman. Okay. All right, I lose. I'm not really sure that was a tie because yeah, it was already I mean, yeah, I, was like, I, I, I didn't really have a strong candidate. So. So. My vote counts for two. <laughs> I mean, by arbitrary. I do rules. like our eyebrows a lot. I just she's so young, mm. and Ergothoa doesn't feel young to me. Yeah, I actually know. I can think of a goddess, but she's a. Uh, I mean, Galarian doesn't really have greater and lesser deities, but she's a lesser deity. But I think that that would be a great character for. See, eventually we're going to run out of the main pantheon. We're going to start doing the random deities. Well, either that or we switch to the Egyptian pantheon and we start doing, like, who would be Horus? Who would be Ra? Everybody has animal heads, so. Well, then you're just doing voices. He's got the right shoulder. Osiris doesn't. (laughs) A few of them don't. Osiris, Isis. There's just, there's a handful of them that look like people, but most of them have. Hathor oftentimes isn't isn't portrayed. She just has the horns. Yeah, she's a woman's head, but she has horns in the uh, sun disk. Anyway. Anyway. So, yes, Uma Thurman is Ergothoa. So there you go, Joe. Uh, you have provided us with some new <laughs> ideas. And tune into our next after party for more random deity casting. Yes. And once we're done with the greater with the greater Pantheon, the, <laughs> we'll move on to... The great old ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Who's Cthulhu? <laughs> Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Neil Gaiman. I was actually just going <laughs> to Yes, yes, Neil Gaiman, you are the voice of Cthulhu. Yes, write that down. That's official. I I would have gone for a joke one firstly. Read it, like Danny DeVito. (laughs) No, no. Oh gosh. Well, I think that what about wraps it up for this after party. 
Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And, and, uh, tune, please. and tune in to episode 34 to see if we all get mummy rot. Yes. See if everyone gets mummy rot. <laughs> Place yep. your bets. If, if you uh, <laughs> if you have any better ideas for the Pantheon than we had, feel free we to, need to just go start on a subreddit. A, after and, this yeah. co- after party comes out, we just need to have a Reddit thing that's deities. No, because I'm afraid that they're going to cast them. Everybody's going to cast them all, and then we're going to be cribbing that for no, that's true. the after parties. So we'll try really hard. If you do do that, we won't. We'll try really hard not to read it. Yeah. We'll C- probably comment, fail. comment on the ones we've already cast. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> There you go. Good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck, Pathfinders. Yeah. See you later, alligator. See, see you later, after alligator. After, after a while, while crocodile. crocodile. <laughs> <laughs>